Hey, I'm Kevin, the student pastor at Shore Church again. Thanks for listening to our message. We strive each week to bring you relevant, practical, biblical teaching that meets you where you are. To find out more about us or what's going on at the church, head on over to scog.com or download the app. Hope you enjoy the message. All right, we're continuing in a series called Perfect Fit here at the church. We're examining who we are at Shore Church of God and what does that look like in this moment? What does it look like? How do you join in with that? How do we as a church body come alongside you and help you find your perfect fit? Because this is a big deal in who we are, how we we find ourselves, how we kind of overcome some of the obstacles in our life that we start to understand where we fit in in this whole big plan. Speaking of fitting in in the whole big plan, uh, next week we are going to honor our grads. So next week we're, we're continuing to get pictures in and different things in uh, to honor them well. We thought about doing it this week when we found out we need just a little bit more time to get to pull that off well and to do it well. And considering no one has to be here for that and we didn't invite families and whatnot in the physical space, we can do that online and pivot very, very easily. So if you're wondering where the grad recognition is in the service, it's not in the service, it's next week, okay? Uh, So we're just going to be a little flexible with that. So if you are scared that you missed the opportunity to honor your grad, please, please, please send those pictures into us and we would love, love to honor them and the life change. I know this is a year that's easy to overlook. Uh, what these uh, wonderful people have accomplished, and we do not want to skimp on that, right? Um, As we seek our perfect fit in the kingdom of God, there's some huge, wonderful things that we get to do, right? There is some amazing things that we get to see as we fit into the kingdom of God. We get to uh, see how maybe this is my sweet spot. This is where I belong. This is how this should work. Uh, Sometimes it's reclaiming our story, the hurts and the hangups and the junk that's been going on in our lives that we've overcome or are in the process of overcoming. We start to see how that resonates with someone else. When we share our story, when we deal with uh, our past and we say, this is how God has helped me overcome these issues, we start to see our perfect fit. How God can always, in his infinite creativity, leverage the junk of our past and say, aha, this is where you can excel. This is how you can be useful. Out of the tension in our past, out of the tension of our lives, out of the the pressure moments, God creates beautiful, beautiful things. And the, the interesting thing, a part of that is when we make church the place, when we make this the, the our, our central hub of all things God, we have a problem because our only perfect fit can happen within these four walls. Well, the problem is I'm the only one standing here. And so if I'm the only one in the church that has his perfect fit, now we got a problem with that because then everything rises and falls on Jared. And you know what, guys? I'm not comfortable with everything rising and falling on me because, unfortunately, I'm still human and things will fail. And that's not how God had designed the kingdom of God. He's not how he designs the body of Christ. He designs it in such a way that everyone is used to do the great commission. Every single person that calls Jesus their Lord and Savior is called into the kingdom of God, called into the body of Christ, and every single one of them is called to be salt and light. It's not just a few select 
people who are called to mission, it is every single person who calls himself a believer in Jesus Christ. And that is a monumental, earth-shaking, eternity-changing idea. And it is something that we have to start to understand. While coming to church is a beautiful, wonderful thing, and it... uh, even engaging in a church service on Sunday morning from your couch is a wonderful thing, and it serves some amazing and pivotal purposes in our life. But what we do when we're launched out of that church service, when we're launched out of that refueling station, it matters significantly in, in who we are and what we're doing. And so if we're going through life and we're kind of trying to figure out, what am I doing? Why does this not feel gratifying? Why do I not feel fulfilled? Maybe it is because you're not living out your purpose in the kingdom of God and you're kind of just treading water a little bit or you're just kind of do, 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 doing your thing. But when you're sent on mission by God, it doesn't matter if you're a street sweeper, a apple picker, a CEO. It doesn't matter what you do. If you're on mission from God, you're on something that is so entirely beautiful that it's fulfilling, it's hard, it's good. It bears fruit, and beautiful things happen from it. And so today we're going to examine what that looks like and, and what that means um, really, the impetus of this, the, the point of this, comes from 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5. You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ, that we all are a holy priesthood, that we are a holy priesthood. Not just that one person or that set-apart person or that family group that we all, all of us, all of us that believe in Jesus Christ are a holy priesthood. Now for Peter to write this is incredibly countercultural to the Jewish way of life, even to the Roman way of life, that certain people were selected to be the priests, maybe through their genealogy or through other, other circumstances. And when Peter's writing this, he's saying, listen, throw off all that old stuff, throw off all those old mantles that you had to deal with, that we're all called to be priests. This is our calling. This is who we're supposed to be, that we're a holy priesthood. And this is beautiful. And Peter is speaking directly to people and saying, listen, you don't have to worry about someone else stepping up, someone else rising to the occasion. No, no, it's up to you to rise to the occasion. This is Peter talking, the ex-fisherman, the guy who you know, changed his whole life around, the guy who flunked out of rabbi school, saying, no, 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 guys, we are the royal priesthood. God has called us to do this mission. It's all about us finding this sweet spot. This moment in which God uses us to to really have the most maximum effect possible with what he's given us. And often, the, the thing that gives us the most maximum effect that we possibly can comes from our points of pain. It comes from what we've had to overcome in life. It comes from our victories and it comes from our defeats. It comes from our transparencies. So Peter, speaking into this, says, listen, you have what it takes. You are a holy priesthood. As we talk about our sweet spot, there is a, uh, 
a video that went out in last week's family worship guide that I wanted to show everybody in the church this week that talks specifically about the sweet spot. And so let's roll that video at this time. Hey everybody, this is Tina Hauser. I'm here in my backyard today and I'm with Ethan, our friend Ethan. And as you can see, Ethan is dressed for a baseball game. We all know that Ethan and Bowen and, and David and some of the other kids are really into baseball. But today I wanted to just talk to Ethan a little bit about baseball. So uh, Ethan, what uh, position do you play normally? I usually play pitcher and sometimes first base. Pitcher in first base, you got to stretch when you're on first base. Yes. Very good, yeah. Um, and you like to pitch, but everybody that plays also has to bat, don't they? Yes, they yeah. do. Yeah, yeah. So he's got his bat here with him today. What team do you play for? Illinois Dynasty. Dynasty, is that a regular team? Travel. It's a travel, travel team, a full-time travel team. Yes. So Ethan is not just playing here at home. He packs up and goes on the road and stays in hotels and has to eat out and pack his cooler and all of that. So he's on a traveling team and just started that this year. So, um, Ethan, what I wanted to ask you was, first of all, on the hitting, have you ever hit it maybe not out of the park, but over everybody's head? Yes, numerous times. Oh, and... How's that make you feel? It makes me feel happy because when you get a double or a triple, your team's all cheering for you and everyone's proud of you and stuff like that. Yeah. And when you start running, when you hit it that far, what do you do? I run hard. You run hard. Yeah. You run hard, hard, hard until the coach says, that's enough. Yeah. That's enough. Well, there's, there's some funny terms that we only use in baseball. One of them I think is hilarious is ducks on a pond. And I'm teaching that one to Lucy, telling her what it is. But there's another term that we use in baseball called the sweet spot. Okay, and Ethan, what is a sweet spot? A sweet spot is um, right where like you want the ball, right where you want the ball to be. And usually that's, sometimes it means different things, but usually for me, I always know that it's where you want the ball right to be. Okay, it's the sweet spot where you want the bat to hit that ball, yeah, right? Yeah, so I usually want my my right here. Okay, hold right it up here. a little bit higher so they can see. Right here on the S. S okay, <laughs> right here is where my sweet spot is. Okay, S stands for sweet, sweet spot, spot for Ethan, yeah. Now, can you hit the ball if it doesn't hit the S? Yes, you can. You can get a base hit if it doesn't hit the sweet spot. Okay, so, so I mean, what's what's the difference then between hitting the s the sweet spot which isn't on every bat it's just on ethan's that happens to be his what's the difference between the way you hit oh usually when you hit on the sweet spot i can't really i can feel the ball like come off my bat and it feels good but like if you hit it on the tip of your bat or like on the over here then it you can feel and like the vibrate on your hand it doesn't feel as okay well as which way is it going to go further uh, right on the sweet spot. <laughs> on the sweet spots when you're likely to get it over the head of somebody out there in the outfield. Well, thanks, Ethan. Hold on just a second because I want to talk to you just a few seconds here about sweet spot. Do you know that God has a sweet spot for your life? I think that's so cool. It's a place where when you start following Jesus, he gives you something really special 
that's going to take you far in ministry that only you can do. And you can do some other things, just like if Ethan hits it off of his sweet spot, he's still going to get a hit. But it's just not that perfect fit for you. It may be, your sweet spot may be that you help people. You just love it when you see somebody, oh, they need help with something, that, and you just go over and say, hey, can I help you do that? It may be that you are really, really good at understanding computers, and that's your sweet spot. And you say, how can I use technology to help everybody know about God? There are all kinds, music, if you sing and you can lead other people to praise, oh, what a great sweet spot for you to have. So today we're gonna to talk a little bit more about that, but you just think right now, what is it that God has put in me that is my sweet spot, my S on my bat? We'll be talking to you later. Have a great day. Thanks, Ethan. Uh, yeah, so that's part of our family worship guide. So if you haven't checked those out, uh, you need to because there's some really good stuff in there. I just want to let mom and Ethan uh, preach for us today and talk about our sweet spots. Because as we jump into that, as we find out who we are in, who God is, that's one of the things that's in the GPS assessment in our Next Steps Guide is it helps you find your sweet spot like that. But as we as a church figure out who we are in the kingdom of God, how God has called us, redeemed us, and motivated us to be in uh, the body of Christ, that we get to serve this community in, in an impactful, an amazing, and powerful way. And so uh, as, we, as we go through that, we need to understand how God has created us and why we should even be looking at this in the first place. Yeah, the Great Commission really sets it all out for us. The Great Commission says, hey, this is why this is important. Jesus himself says in uh, verse 18 says, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Therefore, go and make disciples. Now, there's not a caveat behind this. It's not like you only select few, only you guys who have it all together. These are the disciples. We've read the story. We've seen how these guys are the definition of not having it together. So if you're waiting for you to get your life perfect before you start living on mission for God, you got it all wrong. The timetable's messed up, okay? Um, you are never going to have it all together enough to be like, okay, well, now... Now I can, I can have it together enough to go and be on mission from God. No, no, no. Jesus says, wherever you're at, whatever you're doing, wherever I'm redeeming you from, I'm writing your story, now is the time that you go and make disciples. Where? Just, just in, in your little cul-de-sac. Yes, that's it. In your cul-de-sac, in your neighborhood, in your county, in your state, in your country, and in your world. This is who we are called to be. The truth of this is actually pretty earth-shaking. It's, it's very countercultural of this calling that people had on their lives and ha that we have on our lives. In first century Rome, this is incredibly, incredibly countercultural. Think about it. 
in our society, we have societal mobility, which means uh, the perfect example of this is I was born in California. I grew up in uh, my early years were in southern Indiana. I went to high school in northern Indiana. I matured in ministry in Georgia, and now I live, work, and I'm raising my family in Illinois. This is not a common story of people in Roman times. You could not travel all over uh, the world and, and the country and, and, and make these things happen. That wouldn't be available to hardly anybody in society at that time. Uh, another example, my grandpa on my mom's side was born in a two-room house and the large room with his brothers and sisters, the large room was for the pigs, Okay. And my grandpa retired at the age of 40 because he was so industrious and, and, and creative and um, diligent and hardworking. And so there is a huge change in how his upward societal mobility happened, uh, in, in especially in America and in the time that he was alive and how that all worked. Romans would not have understood this process. They would have known, this is my lot in life. This is what I do. This is what goes on. 30 to 50% of the Roman populace were slaves. They had absolutely no control over their upward or downward mobility in life. This is just who they were going to be. And so to speak into that, to kind of deal with those things, we have to understand that these people don't understand social mobility. They don't, we take it for granted. And so to put in that mindset that Jesus is saying, you're the one that this matters you're the one that gets to do this. You're the one that I'm counting on. You're the one that has the power in this situation. When Peter says, you are the royal priesthood, he's giving everyone that's listening, reading this, the scripture, a promotion. One that they've never, ever, ever even dreamed about. One that says, yeah, you have what it takes. You are the person who is chosen to do this. He's, he's, he's saying all to them that, that their normal society life of, I'm a shepherd, my dad was a shepherd, my granddaddy was a shepherd, my great-granddaddy was a shepherd, we're shepherds, my, my grandkids will be shepherds, like, this is who we are. And, and he's taking that life and saying, no, 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 you're not just a shepherd, maybe that's what you do to, to make money to eat, but you are a royal priesthood. You have what it takes, you're supposed to be disciple makers, and so that's speaking into their lives and saying, hey, you've got what it takes to do this. Jesus is saying the same thing to you today because you may feel like a cog on a wheel. You may feel like this is just what I do. This is a, the life is so monotonous. This is, I don't do anything special. Who am I? Whatever. You may be struggling through those issues. And Jesus is saying to you this morning through this scripture, you have what it takes to be on mission for God. This is changing for us. Because as we think about what it means to be on mission for God, what it means to be a Christian, what it means to, to live this life out, is kind of, it is changing who we are. And in this time period, and all the weird stuff that's going on with the, the coronavirus and how we're decentralized and e-learning at home, we have to really internalize what it does it mean to be a follower of Christ, a disciple of Christ. What does it mean to be a royal priesthood in this moment in this time? Because pre this moment, it felt like, well, if I just go to church, then I'm doing my thing. And if I serve a little bit, I, I teach a class maybe, and, and that be, might be an amazing way that God has wired you to do that. 
maybe I just do these things for the church. Okay, I served a little bit. And, and for often, I've fallen into the trap that to be on mission from God, you had to be a mission on, on the church property. I've, I've been victim of that. But what God's really telling us to do is, listen, you're part of the body of Christ, and there's a unique mission for you to reach a certain, certain people that other people won't ever meet. You are uniquely positioned at your work, in your school, in your family, in your community, at your ball diamond, to speak love and life and the redemption of Jesus into people's lives. Not just be a churchgoer, but to be on mission for Christ. And this moment is changing and challenging all of our, our thought processes about that. We can't just be about the four walls of the church. Because guess what, guys? Ain't nobody here. Does that mean church ceases to exist? That the body of Christ is going to, 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 to all of a sudden fall apart? No, it just means the body of Christ has to be doing what it's supposed to be doing. That everyone plays the pivotal roles that they've been called to do. That everyone becomes disciple makers in their own ways. Some of us will be given disciple opportunities of hundreds of people. Some of us will be four. Does that make one better than the other? No, that just means that's who they're supposed to be and who they're supposed to do. As a church, we have to reclaim, reform what that looks like. See, here at a church, um, we call, we don't have membership. We don't have a, a sign your name on this dotted line type membership in Church of God. It's one of our theological distinctives. It's one of the things that makes us a little bit different, um, but it also makes us a little bit hard to, to do some other things. But uh, when we say this, you're a member of Shoreward Church of God if you've basically gone here for six months and you believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And so that's really important to us that we don't have this, this static thing. We don't have the, this moment because we believe everybody is a royal priesthood. We believe everybody's a member of the body of Christ. And to have a different kind of membership, that, that kind of goes against what the Bible is calling us to be. And so um, even we've been talking as a board this week, like how are we going to do our business meeting this year? How are we going to figure that out? So a uh, little side note, if you would comment at this moment in this time, hey, I'm here, I love you, been coming for the last couple of months uh, because we don't know who's been coming to the church for the last six months because we haven't had physical church. So if you could do that. I'm not trying to up our YouTube logarithm game or anything like that. We don't get any ad revenue for anything like that, so it doesn't really matter. But we want you to comment and, uh, on it just so we can kind of take some sort of virtual attendance uh, of what's going on so that we can be set up for some of those uh, functional bylaw stuff of the church. But beyond that, you are called to be part of the kingdom of God. You are called to be on mission as part of this church, as part of the church as the body of Christ. You are. It's not all in Jared's hands. It's not all in the staff's hands. It's not in the elder's hands. It's every single person who calls Jesus their Lord and Savior is now called to the Great Commission to go and make disciples. And this is powerful and beautiful and wonderful. So we as a church want to change some of the the defaults of how we operate. And as we kind of examine how we deal with life and the ups and downs of, of things, this is who we want to be. And as the value of every member matters, everybody matters, everybody is a, a minister in this place. Everybody that, that calls himself a follower of Jesus Christ matters. It's important because they're on mission. So we as a church, what are we going to do to try to help that and, and, and move that? A couple of things here I want you to, 
to take away today. We will be a church that supports. We will be a church that supports. What do I mean by that? We will support you through the heartbreak, through the hard things of life, and help you redeem and tell your story. We want to support you. Instead of being a, 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 here, this is how you've got to do everything that we want you to do type mentality, it is how do we help you do what God has called you to do? Because we know life is rough. And one of the other values of our church is our stories, and the stories matter. This is a beautiful way in which we can to start to help you tell your story in a better way, in a, in a more productive way, in a fruitful way, that you redeem your past so that you can be a disciple maker in your future. We will support you through heartbreak, through the hard things of life, and help you redeem and tell your story. Second thing we want to do is we want to supply. We will supply. We will supply. We'll supply you with the tools to be on mission in your community. Supply you with the tools to be on mission in your community. This means training, encouragement, and a healthy atmosphere to grow and to learn. And I'll even say a healthy atmosphere to fail. Because guess what? If you're on mission for God and you're trying to do some crazy, awesome stuff to affect people's life for the, the kingdom of God, you will fail miserably. And it will be epically awesome. It's okay. Because when we're trying to love people, we're trying to show people, we're trying to, trying to, to enter into people's life, it, when we enter into their messes, it gets messy. It gets sticky. It gets, oh man, all kinds of weird stuff happens and, and we'll fail, and, but we'll also be able to tell some amazing stories of victory and, and how, and successes and how things have gone well. We'll supply you with the tools to be on mission in our community. We will. We will send we will send. We'll send you into the, your sphere of influence to be the hands and feet of Christ, to be, God, uh, to be who God has created you to be. We will send you. Not just to come, be here, come, be here, come, be here. We will send you to be who God has called you to be in your work environment, in your home, in your community, in your cul-de-sac, wherever you may go. We want to be a sending church because we believe every person that believes in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, is a minister. You are a royal priesthood. You are called to something more than this. You are under the great commission to go and make disciples. This is a huge shift in the way we think about life. It's the huge shift in how we think about how church works and maybe even our own role in it. But if you are looking at church and going, I want more out of this. I want to have a life that leaves a legacy. And working this job, that nine to five, isn't going to be the thing that leaves a legacy. If you want to have a life that has significance and has eternal value, it's that you be a part of the kingdom of God and live on mission to reach and grow and serve your community for Christ. You have a perfect fit to make an eternal impact on lives. It may be here at church. It may be the people you work with. It may be uh, who you're currently e-learning with. I have no idea, but our mission is to help them see the redemptive story that Jesus can tell in their lives. This is who we get to be. This is who we're called to be. It's who we get to be. Pray with me. God, thank you so much for today, and thank you for this time. Thank you for this moment. And Lord, we ask you to be with us and guide us as we live on mission for you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 
Thanks for joining us at church this week. And a special thanks to all those who continue to support our mission through your generosity. You too can support our mission to reach, grow, and serve our community by giving on the website or through the app. To make sure you never miss out on a message, be sure to subscribe, and don't forget to hit that share button to spread the word. Have a great week.